At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up to date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e d podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake, and I am currently dying. And today's topic is soul magic, which is helpful if you're dying because that's a good way to not be. <laughs> Or if you do pass, to bring you back. So this is actually a little bit funny to me. So I mentioned on Tuesday's episode that there is not a whole lot of blood magic in 5th edition. On the other hand, there is a fuck ton of magic that does influence the soul in canonical 5th edition. And I mean a lot. There is like... 10 spells, a bunch of magic items, you know, a whole lot of lore-related things all over the damn place. There's a fucking lot. Uh, just out of curiosity, can you guess what rarity the lowest magic item that interacts with the soul is? Uh, uncommon. Correct. Lucky guess. <laughs> eh, still counts. So, yeah. And the thing is, even at Uncommon, there's three. Three uncommon items that are soul-related. You know, first thing, the soul coin. You know, kind of what it says on the tin there. You know, it's a coin that is able to contain a soul and can be used to do some stuff. And... It, is the currency, or a currency, I should say, of the Nine Hells. And yeah, that is an uncommon item. But, you know, of course, that is from Descent into Avernus, 
which also has the Hellfire weapon, which in my opinion is one of the most bullshit items to exist, to the point where it is one of the very, very few items that I have actually said just does not exist in my world. Like, there are very few things that I've actually banned from my world, and this is one of them. Can you guess why? No. Hellfire weapon. Any humanoid killed by an attack made with this weapon has its soul funneled into the river sticks, where it's reborn instantly as a Lemure devil. So it is an automatic, anyone you kill with it is sent to hell and reincarnated as a devil? That is fucked up and should not be a fucking uncommon magic item. That is some bullshit. I'm okay with the anyone you kill goes to hell. It's the reincarnating into a devil part that I, I call lame. I mean, do you know what a Lemure is? No. But I'm guessing they're not being tortured in hell. It is not a happy existence. It is the lowest, lowest wrong. They are gross and well not looked well upon is a rather severe understatement uh just for funsies let me send you a picture of one of these guys real quick so getting reincarnated as a devil as that is not something that i would wish for on anyone i would i would not (laughs) You're talking, to, you're talking to a guy who said, let's make a cursed weapon with the soul of a child that only kills puppies. Uh-huh. Like, I, I would have no problem with that. Ugh. Anyway, like, that is a creature that can, you know, get promoted to an imp. So these things are lower than imps. So they have room for growth. Y- yeah. Sky's the limit. I mean, that's technically accurate. Got to, got to see the glass half full, Remy. I don't. Although it does seem a little uh, more common than it should be, you know, a weapon like that. Yeah, like, that's the kind of thing, like, if there was a legendary weapon that sent those it killed to hell, that would, I'd still be hesitant at such an item existing, but I would... At least, like, okay, it's a legendary weapon. Like, yeah, that makes some sense. But for uncommon, that is bullshit. So, the last of the uncommon items influencing the soul is one that I actually quite like. The Ring of Mind Shielding. So, this is a detail that most people just don't know because they stop reading when they get to the second paragraph. But... In addition to the ability to block creatures from reading your thoughts or know that you're lying and a bunch of other stuff too, it also has an additional effect that, again, most people just don't get to reading. If you die while wearing the ring, your soul enters it unless it already houses a soul. You can remain in the ring or depart for the afterlife. As long as your soul is in the ring, you can telepathically communicate with any creature wearing it. A wearer can't prevent this telepathic communication. So, a villain who knows that if they died, they would go to hell, it would make sense then for them to have a ring of mind shielding potentially to allow that if they, you know, die or are killed, what have you, that their soul is in the ring. 
because there definitely are some people who would consider such an existence a hell of a lot better. Excuse me. Would consider such an existence a hell of a lot better than going to hell. And honestly, it's not a terrible idea to just have like a signet ring with this that is this also, because then it would actually be kind of cool and nice. Like, you know, when the Lord dies, their soul is put in the ring of mind shielding, and then they can just communicate with their heir when they put the ring on and again it does say you can remain in the ring or depart for the afterlife so as soon as you're ready or your heir is ready to just take over the estate then you just leave and just they you know have all the training that you are able to give them in whatever amount of time like there's a lot of ways that you could make use of this item and i really actually do quite like this it does feel a little bit overpowered for an uncommon item, but I'm less against it in this case because I do just appreciate the flexibility that the thing does offer. So that one, yeah, that one I'm definitely much more fond of. But then, of course, you also have the more powerful magic items. Like, are you familiar with the greatsword Black Razor? No. Okay, so this is a legendary greatsword uh comes from white plume mountain but it has another well soul related effect devour soul whenever you use it to reduce a creature to zero hit points the sword slays the creature and devours its soul unless it's a construct or undead a creature whose soul has been devoured by black razor can be restored to life only by a wish spell so that is dangerous as hell the idea of, because remember, most resurrection spells have a limitation that the soul has to be free and willing in order to be resurrected. So now this is a canonical item with that ability to devour a soul to prevent the soul from being free to be resurrected. So having any item with that property alone is dangerous. And it really is just an interesting thing to consider that, okay, so this is a canonical effect that is possible. So it is then possible that you might have quite a number of other just soul-related effects. Now, there is another legendary item that is slightly similar, but has a rather important distinction I'll point out in a moment. There is the Rakdos Right Knife from the Ravnica book. Uh, when you slay a creature with an attack using the dagger, the creature's soul is imprisoned inside the dagger, and that creature can only be restored to life by a wish spell. The dagger can hold a maximum of five souls. And then there's an extra thing. Uh, if the dagger holds five souls, uh, you can use this additional property. As a reaction, immediately after you hit a creature with the dagger and deal damage to it, you can release all five souls. If the target has fewer than 75 hit points, it has to make a DC 15 con saving throw or die. So the detail that I want to point out here is that the right knife here releases the souls upon using that extra property. Black Razor has nothing no possibility mentioned in it 
to release the souls that it has taken. So that is fucked up. At least the right knife does release the souls after they get used. Black Razor seems to actually consume them fully. And this is one of the distinctions that I do want to very much point out, just if any soul magic is used in your D&D world, is, is the effects of soul magic something that uses some energy from the soul and then releases it? Or is it something that destroys or consumes the soul? The line for that is a very, very important thing to keep in mind. And with that, let's actually talk about the already existing spells that do exist. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but since I did mention, the resurrection spells are all soul magic. They are necromantic spells where you are pulling a soul back to a dead body in order to bring them back. So yeah, that is by definition soul magic. But besides that, there are a couple of other spells and it's actually interesting. Some of them we do talk about on this show quite a lot and some of them are barely used in D&D at all. So there actually is a canonical spell from Xanathar called Soul Cage that snatches the soul of a humanoid as it dies and then traps them in the tiny cage that is the material component for the spell. And that stolen soul is just stuck in the cage for the spell's eight-hour duration or until the cage is destroyed. But you can use the trapped soul a couple of times to do some things, and then after the sixth time, it just gets released and the spell ends. So here we go again, where the soul is released, it doesn't get consumed. So that is a more user-friendly, for lack of a better phrase. I don't know exactly the right phrase to use for that type of situation. On the other hand, another just, I would say, underused spell is called Magic Jar. So this one also is a 6th level spell. Your body falls into a catatonic state as your soul leaves it and enters the container you use for the spell's material component. While your soul inhabits the container, you're aware of your surroundings as if you're in the container space. You can't move or use reactions. 
The only action you can take is to project your soul up to 100 feet out of the container, either returning to your living body and ending the spell, or attempting to possess a humanoid's body. So this is a spell that lets you put your soul in an object. This does last until dispelled. So it could be argued that this 6th level spell is a limited form of immortality. Because again, unless it gets dispelled, you can just be in the magic jar and potentially try to possess people. That's pretty goddamn cool. On the downside, uh, if you're... Like, there's a lot of ways for the spell to accidentally kill you just by getting out of range of the magic jar and just your soul just going away, basically, after uh, possession if you can't return to the jar. That definitely does have limitations, but it is just pretty neat that you can just potentially just direct your soul about. So underappreciated spell magic jar. And of course, the one that I do talk about all the time clone because again if you do cast the clone spell then anytime you die well i shouldn't say anytime but when you die then your soul will just inhabit the nearest clone so if you have the ability to have a bunch of clones about then that's arguably one of the best methods of immortality in dnd and all those things that i talked about are canonical forms of soul magic so it's interesting to think about though except for black razor that may be the only magic item or source of magic in any type really that i can see here that does actually consume the soul and remove any potential of a normal resurrection spell being able to bring that person back. So I am curious, Mitch, with that in mind, do you notice something missing from the spell options in terms of souls? No. Okay, there is no spell that, uh, that has any effect that destroys a soul. There's the resurrection spells to grab a soul, there's clone to pull a soul back to a body. There's ways to trap the soul. But yeah, there's not any spell that allows one to destroy a soul. And this goes back to something we actually just talked about a couple of weeks ago for resurrecting enemies. If you have really wealthy, powerful bad guys that may well be powerful magic users themselves, why is it that they stay dead when they're killed? So any sufficient bad, like any sufficiently intelligent or powerful or rich bad guy should have backup plans in a world that has resurrection. So the, there should be necessary counters for that. There should be, I would say, more ways to trap the soul, more ways to destroy a soul potentially. And that also just creates a lot of interesting opportunity in terms of storytelling. If you do have, you know, a magic item that is able to just hold a soul, like, that is interesting. 
Because, okay, using the Ring of Mind shielding as an example. Like, instead of having something like that, what if you had... Okay, actually, you know what? I'm even going to use the damnable Hellfire weapon, just because that did give me an idea, at least. If you were to have a dagger or just some weapon that has the effect, a creature that you kill with this weapon has their soul trapped in it. So have that be something like a rare magic item, and it's only able to contain a single soul. How bad does someone have to be for you to be willing to expend the effort to attain or craft or buy a rare magic item just to make damn sure that this person's soul is kept out of any form of resurrection or reincarnation and such. Like, the cost of that, you know, literally and in terms of effort, is pretty goddamn significant. So making use of resurrecting bad guys and having there be effort needed to stop them from coming back. And, of course, to then go one step farther. If you do have people capable of resurrection, instead of trapping souls, there might be some desire to destroy them. And this is where things can very much get dicey and also just vary depending on, you know, your world. I would say it is one of the most morally reprehensible things possible to destroy a soul. You are unmaking anything that that person was or could be. So morally speaking, that is about as black as it gets. So the question then to ask again, what situations would warrant that or require that even? Would there be laws like worldwide about the use of such magic? Like, is that the kind of thing that might be in like a worldwide, you know, uh, Geneva Convention level agreement? Just that like you are not to do such things except, you know, circumstances ABC. And then the possibility, are there times where that is warranted? Are there times where that is the best option available for a situation? You know how illegal it is, and you know that if you ever are forced to admit that you did it, that you will be killed. Like, there are a lot of story angles that a DM could make use of with that. And that is exactly the type of thing that I always try to encourage. Make use of that type of moral dilemma. Because again, canonically speaking, that magic is possible. We just talked about that with Black Razor. But so making use of a spell version or more magic items that are able to have a similar effect is something that a DM always has the power to do. But making that known to your players, making that a moral quandary, like, is there 
you know, a recurring villain that they've had to deal with a few times now. Like they might have been able to kill them more than once, but haven't figured out how they're coming back yet or haven't been able to, you know, find what their contingency is really. Like what are players willing to do when they do have that type of opponent makes for interesting storytelling. And that is just one of the goals of D&D. Make use of the potential that soul magic has and can offer to make an interesting story to be told in your world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, and you can send us an email, riftsandrules at gmail.com. That's riftsandrules at gmail.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.